On today's interview, Dave interviews veteran improv performer and teacher Bob Dassey. Bob is in the improv trio Dasheriski with Craig Kakowski and Rich Tallarico, and he's also in an improv duo Weird Ass with his wife Stephanie Weir. Bob also works out of I.O. West and UCB. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. You did a podcast. Thank um, you. Earwolf? Oh, yeah, I've done a couple of those. <clears throat> with, um, one I did with Das Risky, and then uh, I've done a couple with just... Um, You're rolling. Great, thank you. With uh, Kevin Dorff. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a blur on who else was there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've done a couple with uh, Buster I Headman. Love, I love them. They're great. They're so much fun. Do you listen to them at all? I sometimes do. You know what's what's really interesting about that uh, about Buster's podcast is when you're doing it because you're improvising without an audience. Right. Really. Yeah. There's no. There's nobody there other than the four of us usually that are in the in the room, and so you don't have that feedback at all. So you you're kind of just driving blindly with it, and then uh, I listen to one afterwards, and it, and it surprisingly edits together nicely. It's like, oh, that was. Sound like we were having fun. Sound right. like it was some good stuff. I'm, you know, and uh, yeah, but it feels really different than doing it than listening to it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. 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 And that's what I notice when I listen to it because I listen to these. I'll do an interview and then I'll listen to them once and then mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I listen with an ear of what didn't I hear when I was sitting there doing it? What wasn't I present to you when I was sitting there doing it? That oh my god, that's really an interesting thing that that person. You ever see? Uh, um, the comedy show uh, Bill Cosby himself. No. Never saw that? Got to see that. Mm. Um, it's it, a show? It's a, it's a movie that he did. Uh, it was on HBO. It was, I think he did it early 80s. Uh-huh. And it was right before the Cosby show came out. So it was, it was right It's stand-up. Yeah, it's stand-up. But it's he, him he, sitting in a chair? Yeah, sitting in a chair. Yeah, sitting. yeah. yeah. Well, he, he does the whole show, and it's brilliant. But I, it drove me nuts because his tie is crooked. <laughs> <laughs> in the almost the whole movie, you see what it happens, and it goes, it moves, and and it's just maddening to me, right? And then uh, at one point he str- goes to straighten it, and he doesn't fix it enough, and I'm like, God! And of course, <laughs> I'm, so I'm imagining if he watched that, he's like, it's, and it's great, Stan. It's it's the funniest stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I wonder if he watched that, and he's like, look at that tie. <laughs> Look at that tie. What was I doing? How could I not have seen that tie? It's on film. It's captured. It's so. It makes you so aware of what you're doing. It makes you so aware of, like, I'm going to be on film, and this moment that I'm in is going to be seen. And it could drive you crazy. It could drive you crazy, like, sitting there going, I hope everything's okay. I remember Kenny Campbell was in... um, You know Kenny? Yes. Of course you know Kenny. Um, Kenny Campbell was in... uh, What's a Chris... uh, Home Alone. Yeah, okay. Santa Claus, right? So he was Santa Claus. He played Santa Claus in Home Alone. And Chris Columbus, the director, uh, was directing that scene where, where Santa Claus is coming out of the, of the park and he's got that, the Santa's village and he's walking out of Santa's village and he's smoking a cigarette and uh, uh, he's smoking a cigarette and then um, the kid, what's his name? Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin comes running up or whatever it is and they, they have that moment and Kenny's like, well, what are you doing here, kid? Or whatever it's, it is. And he... And then they stopped, and he said, Kenny said to Chris Columbus, you know what, if he came at me like that and surprised me, I would put my, my beard on. Because he had walked out of the Santa's village, pulled his beard down and started smoking. And he said, so let's do it again. And Chris Columbus said, that's a great idea. We'll do it again. 
So they did it again. He puts his beard up. It totally obscures his face, and nobody recognizes him in the movie except you know it's like that. And he said, "Why did I do that? Why did I do that?" He said, "Why did I do that?" And um, and it made me. It it just made me think about every gig that I do that's on screen, sure. and to go, I'm gonna get my fucking face in there. I'm gonna get my face in there. You know, if I'm in the background, sure. I'm gonna move. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to voluntarily go in the back. And it has nothing to do with ego. It's more along the lines of, why am I doing this? Uh, on that, uh, uh, you just remind me of, um, you know Jay Suko, right? He's been mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. podcast. Uh, I go way back with Jay. Um, and he and another friend of ours, Ed Brown, went to uh, be extras when they were shooting um, uh, Natural Born Killers mm -hmm. uh, at Joliet Prison. Uh, and they went in there and... They were having a good time. There was a prison break scene. They're running around and uh, uh, and they were have and they were doing bits, kind of right. Mm -hmm. And so who's they? Those guys, uh, Jay uh, and, uh, Ed and Brown and Jay. Okay. Uh, Jay uh -huh. yeah. And so the um, they said uh, uh, they said they were having a great time and just doing bits. Yeah. And, uh, uh -huh. and the director, or you know, they, they they stopped action. And then some guy came over to him and said, like, "Hey, you guys, uh, we're gonna move you two over to here." Uh -huh. And so they moved him out of the way, and they noticed that you know the area that's Taped off is where they were. That they were out of the camera range. <laughs> they, they worked themselves right out of camera range. Right, they were like, right. they were like, hey, look at us, look at us. Right. Like, no, not anymore. Right. Yeah, I let you go. That was really smart. It's like, hey, you guys, we really like what you're doing over <laughs> yeah, here. Can we do it over here. Keep doing it. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> Never see it. <laughs> I, do, I haven't done many movies. I haven't done any movies here. I've not done one. I've done TV. I've never done a movie. Mm. Never. Well, I'm a, I'm no uh, I'm no, you know, I'm not attacking that world myself. But I'm not attacking that world either. I'll say this: I the, I've done two things on, on in movie. One never made it. One was cut out. Um, it was it, both Will Ferrell projects. One was a Will Ferrell project that uh, they were going to do a scene in. It was kicking and screaming. And uh, a friend of ours, Alex uh, Bornstein. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Alex. Yeah, she said that there's a scene where they need an improviser, and she asked me to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was great. And it was a, a scene in the store. And but it quickly became, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? They're like, <laughs> in fact, that's what Will said at the first time. He's like, what's this guy doing here? Because he was going to have a fight with Alex, and I was the customer stuck in the middle. And so we did one take of that, and, and was like. What's he doing? What's he doing? And I'm like, honestly, I'm not too sure. I was told I was supposed to improvise. Uh, so they made a couple of shifts, and basically, uh, they took this extra that was leaving the store, and they're like, "You go earlier," and then they had me follow him mm -hmm. and say bye. So I became a very glorified extra. Never made the cut, but it was a wonderful experience. <laughs> so you you don't you don't. I, I have no manager, I have no agent, mm -hmm. I don't audition anymore. I don't do any of those things anymore. Because um, I travel so much and I do this, which doesn't pay anything, but I do it because I really enjoy it. Right. There came a point in my evolution here where I felt like I didn't want to struggle to, I didn't want to struggle or feel negatively about myself mm -hmm. because I didn't get a part in some shitty TV show that I would never watch to begin with. Right, right. It's, it's a, it's, yeah, yeah. I think you've talked about it in past podcasts about right. looking around and that's ridiculous. You, you can't look around. Everyone, no. Everyone's different and, right. yeah, it just drives you nuts. Right. It drives you nuts. But you still do the audition thing. I do when, when, when I can, yeah. Right. Like, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, 
my life has changed incredibly in the last five years. Because of the kids? Because we have two kids. Yeah. And, you know, it changed a little bit when we got our dog six years ago. Right. But that was just a little bit. Uh, we didn't know what was to come, the, the tidal wave of activity. Uh, so now with kids, it's a, it's a really different thing in our, in our life. It's like as long as one of us is working, my wife and I, like, right. then, then we're cool. Then we're, we, we spend a lot of time with the kids, which is amazing. And, you know, they're only going to be five and three once. And it, it already is going by quick. You know, uh, uh, we have a Mac computer. That's not a plug. Uh, but uh, that's not a plug. I don't work for anyone. Uh, but I say that because it's a fantastic computer, and uh, it has it has multiple users, right? So uh-huh. uh, I set it up so Steph's got one user, and all her stuff's on there. And got it. My stuff's on the other one. So whenever she leaves it on her side, she her screensaver is um, random pictures, mm-hmm. and she has everything on iPhoto from you know just from the the moment of conception till because uh, we take pictures of all of our right anyway. Uh, but uh, as it randomly scrolls, every now and again, our five year old will appear as a one year old right. on her screen, and you walk through the room and you see that and you. And, it's like there are living clocks, right? And, wow. and you just go, oh "My wow. God, that wow. was a blink of time!" Right. And it's such a, it, you know, it's the perspective of having kids when you hear like, "Oh, time flies," and love them now, you know, and you don't think about it until you're in it, and you know, that's it goes back to the thing is like when you're in it, you might not be, uh, you might not have the uh, wherewithal to know what you should, you know, what you should be uh, appreciating right now. And it's only in hindsight. And my wife said that to me. She's like, you know, you look back at time and you go, oh, those are the best times of my years. Like, you didn't enjoy those then. Right, So right right now is the best time of your life. So enjoy that now. Oh, my God. That's so great. That's so true. Right now is... And and it's so... Because I'm reading uh, Nia Vardalis' book, Instant Mom. Um, I just heard about that, yeah. Yeah, and and I'm I'm almost done with it. And... um, and she's saying the same thing about the moments that she's taking to be in the moments with her daughter and, and, and feeling both of those things out. And, and the idea of the now is the time that you have. You only have the now. And, and, and it's a great thing about um, the, the iMac and the photos that you come, the, the Mac and the photos. Don't even start me. I'm going to talk about this when we're done. But I am in absolute Mac hell right now. Uh, anyway, so to look, to those pictures pop up and remind you the past reminds you to be present in the present. It, well, it should. It should. Because, it could. Right, because like my, I think what it, I've learned a lot of this through with just being with my wife, Stephanie. Because mm-hmm. my family didn't grow up like this. My mom is still, if you gather a group of people in the family for a holiday or something like mm-hmm. that, she talks about the person that's not there. Right. <laughs> so she's never in the moment. And my right. and my grandmother was always. We we. I have two cousins that are uh, close to the age of me and my brother, and um, like when we were there, she would always talk about my other cousins, mm-hmm. and then my cousins were there. She would always talk about us, and so we grew an animosity towards each other. It's like we've always heard about you, and they're like, well, we always hear about you. <laughs> she never talks to us. We, right. We, they don't never ask me a question. My entire, you know, your parents. Well, my grandparents. Your grandparents. Your grandparents. And, and, but, right. But, but it comes. Right. Uh, my mother is that is, is the same way. She's she's not. I don't think she appreciates the present moment. Right. She's always in the past or right. always in the future, and so it's taken a lot for me to be like, no matter what crazy shit is going on in my life, about what I do or don't have or what mm. I have to do or what I'm not doing, 
that when I'm at home with my family, I physically and mentally go, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This right. is the best. It's going to be this nothing better. It's like, it doesn't matter what the hell I don't have. This is what I have. And it's incredible. It's That's, incredible. Yes. I, I don't want to, I mean, I mean, everyone has their thing of what that is. Right. You know, but I just know that appreciating my my moments right now mm -hmm. are, you know, and it, it's so funny because that's exactly what we talk about in improv. Right. It's the moment to moment to moment. Right. And sometimes we blow by it in life, which is kind of fucked up, right? Well, when you can take that, the, those lessons that you get in, and it's just so many things, you can take those lessons that you get in improvisation and when you pull them into your life, that's when everything changes, or the life of improvisation, and, or the life, your life, and put it up on stage. There's a calmness that you have. There's just going, this is the only moment that I have. Mm -hmm. There's something that you said that was very interesting. The fact that, that your mother is, is, is in two places without being present. Mm -hmm. Those two places that your mother was in, where did you say? You said past two, and future. The past and the future. Mm -hmm. So many people have an opportunity, so many people, do that, but they do it in other ways. They they may do that they're not here because they're in the past, and the, the past and the future, or they do it because they go, "What don't I have, and what do I want?" That mm. duality, yeah, yeah, right. Or to say, um, uh, uh, "Why is, um, I'm here, but that person doesn't like me, and I don't like that person." Like you, can, you can <laughs> yeah. you can do any of those things, and it's so interesting because you're surrounding yourself with not being here, right? To not being, to not saying this is it. This is the reality of the situation. Right. This is where I am right now, and and to not hate that. You oh know, my you know, god! Right? To, to right. not hate what. Ever it is you, whatever expectations of the world that you have, to instead open up. I mean, there's so many things that uh, that could go wrong, <laughs> you know. And like, so we might look at oh, that one thing's going wrong. It's like, right. but think about all the things that are going right. Absolutely, we're we're here. We're 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 all grounded, and the things are going good. I've got my limbs. I, I saw. I just went to get the coffee. And a, 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 I'm assuming a homeless man was walking. This is a wonderful intersection of Sunset and uh, Cahuenga uh -huh. at, the, at, at the coffee place. I won't plug it. Uh, I don't feel like I'm like, uh, a walking billboard. I purposely don't wear shirts with with. Uh, oh, I do. Too. No, I don't like, ever wear shirts with names on it. No, I don't. Or statements I, in yeah, it. Yeah, no, I don't. I had, like, a, I had a, a kid in class, a woman in class, a woman in my class comes to her performance class wearing a, 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 a sweatpants that say juicy on the ass. Well, and she's playing a grandmother. And I'm going, if there's one thing I don't want to think about, it's some juicy grandmother. You know, I'm going, don't, 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 don't. So there's this guy at oh, Groundworks. Oh, the guy at Groundworks. Yeah, right, I'm not going to say his name. Right. I'm walking towards the place. He's walking perpendicular to me. He's walking up the street. He has no hand. Right. Uh, he has no hand. He is visibly filthy, right. his pants are torn, right. and he is just walking by. And if you can't look at that and go, that, there's, there's, there's hardship. Right in the world. That's your perception and of his hardship, though. By the way, well, that's true. He that's might true. be living the life like, oh, of course. What, you have a hand. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Cut right. it off. Cut it off. You don't need it. And it now you got to choose left or right. I got <laughs> one hand. I am right. omni. Exactly. Omni next. Right. Right. While you're thinking, should I use one hand or another hand? I'm already doing that thing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I already, I already got it. Exactly. Exactly. If somebody says right hand or left hand, nobody asks me that question. <laughs> no, 
whatever. Yes. Like when they say, oh, I want to get Bob a catcher's mitt. It's like, I know what to get him. I never have to make a decision. Well, that's the thing. Yes, it is my perspective. So if my perspective of anything is not, if that's not good for me, right. then I should fold it in as like, well, then that's good that I'm not there. Or, right. or whatever it is, you know, that, that you know, uh, the the chaos that I have in my house right now is is my chaos. It's exactly what you know. I've gotten my chaos all worked out. So <laughs> somebody could be looking into my thing like Jesus. Right. I, I'm glad I'm not him. It's like all right, all right. I, 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 I got I got this shit. I got this. I this is my area. I got it taken care of. I love the sense. I've got my chaos all worked out. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my chaos all worked out. But it's true. I saw a guy in Santa Cruz. Without a bottom. And when I say without a bottom, what I mean is oh. he had no fucking bottom, dude. Oh, was he in a... Uh, he was in a, a thing, and oh, he had no... That bottom, like... But again, again, doesn't have to buy pants. Never, never. Shoes. Doesn't have to buy shoes. Who knows what possibilities that opened up for him? I mean, because it truly, it's like when you take something away, you... You make a you you make amends and move on. Exactly. You, you gotta, <laughs> exactly. You gotta he go. had no bottom, dude. Oh, he had no bottom. That's but uh, going back to that that thing that you said about uh, uh, you can always make something a problem. Like something could mm. always be a problem. And the choice that mm. you make to do that, there was um, uh, there was a woman in a class that I taught in New York, and she says, "I really have a hard time being present. Uh, I really have a hard time being present." And I said, "Okay, let's take a moment right now." Think about four things that are that that when you walk out of here, you're gonna worry about. And she goes, okay. And I said, were you worrying about those before I talked to you about it? She said, no. I said, you have no problem being present. That's right, right. If you can turn those things off for a minute and be, you know, there's new things that you could be worried about right now. Right. Like, oh, is my shoe on? Right. right? I don't know why that would be a worry. <laughs> I have an uncle who uh, went off. He just went. He went. He went off. He walked out of his house. He's 87. Walked out of his house, and he was missing for two days. Oh no! And the cops found him. He's fine now. The cops found him, but when they found him, he was just a mess. And he he can't mention stuff like that. But he was wearing pants, and he was wearing two different shoes, and they were both the left foot. So. You know, your shoe passing, <laughs> that it could worked. be a problem. It really, really worked. <laughs> um, so when, when, for me, looking at all those, because for me, I feel like you have a choice. And the choices are this. You could either be present or you could not be present when you are on stage, walking out on stage. Oh, sure. And either you could either be here or you could not be here. Mm -hmm. The thing about not being here is you're here. Right. Right? So you're fighting against the, the reality. Exactly. You're fighting <laughs> against the reality. The reality is that you are here. I'm right and now. when you, when you, for me, when I, and I, I'm watching you guys, watching Desiree work and watching you and, and Stephanie Ware work, um, I, the, there's, there's a starting point. And the starting point is when you enter the scene, um, the very first time we see you engaged in the, in the work, you are sponges and you are just grabbing onto any, everything that's coming at you and using every single thing. And the, re the, 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 the ease that, that that looks like is because you're not bringing in anything other than the need to be aware. Does that make sense? It totally does. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, we all go through it without knowing anything. And, or in the, be you know, in the beginning, we might have whatever ideas we float around. There's so much like, you know, uh, I, just, I just visualized uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or, um, you know, Gene Wilder and the, the Chocolate Factory. Um, uh, remember when the kid wants to be on TV uh -huh. and uh, he gets transported from big to little and uh, over his head is all that noise? Right. That's what I feel like the right. sh a show starts and there's all this shit spurling around and we don't know what is going to come land. And so we, 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 
we, like you said, are observant to what's going on around us. Right. I see and the same I, thing when you and uh, Carrie do your show. It's like nothing goes unnoticed. Right. Because everything is a hint into what is going to be. Right. Right. And what is a hint into yeah. like what is and what because is, yeah. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about having a good show. I don't care. I haven't cared about that in years. And not because everything worked out well or it's all going to be great. It's like, what purpose does that make coming in and saying, I want to have a good show? It doesn't make right. you have a good show. Right. It makes you think about wanting to have a good show. So now that energy that's taken, um, <laughs> now that energy that you, 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 that's required for you to be present, you're using on making yourself required to have a good show. Right, which is really on... You know, it's not. It's 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 undefinable right. what a good show is because right. there's many infinite amount of possibilities of what that could mean. So you're putting a, a really big definition in a place where it doesn't belong. You're having expectations. Expectations. And yeah. your expectations are they are guaranteed to not be met. I guarantee oh, yeah. you, they're Never. not going to be met. Uh, Rich has a great thing. Uh, Rich Salvico. Yeah, Rich Salvico. In in our Desiree shows beforehand, when we we talk about what we're you know, uh, talk about what, what's on our mind and what we did last time and all that, whatever. And uh, he says, right before we go on stage, sometimes he's like, I'm really excited to meet these people. You know, like, and it's just a really great thing. It's like, well, who knows? We're gonna, we're, I'm excited to meet it. I'm excited to see what, what this is. Right. And that seems to be a, um, a, such a great positive way to approach it. Versus to be like, oh, I hope we don't suck tonight, or you know, <laughs> right? oh, I hope improv doesn't shit on us tonight. Right. I, I, I say this in, in my classes, like it's a pet peeve of mine when people say, oh, you know, it's improv. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's like that's the biggest bullshit. It's like if if we were fortunate enough to uh, to see uh, Miles Davis uh, live, which um, I did. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Uh, we'll talk about that. I did that. at the the jazz fest in Chicago. Did you really? Yeah. And was he? Was it just amazing or what? It was pretty what? amazing. He had just come out with. Bitches Brew. No, it wasn't Bitches Brew. It was past that. Past it was. That, okay. uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was. It was in the late seventies and mid early eighties mm. at jazz in Chicago at the oh, Band wow. Shell. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what well, I was going to say. I was saying is like if you if we were lucky to see that, if you, or, or, or or see uh, his uh, when he when he just started out, you know, birth oh, of yeah. birth of the uh, birth of the cool. Any, like that. if you're oh. if you're fortunate enough to see anybody who is a master right. at their thing, right? Let's say, then you don't go into it going, boy, I hope he don't suck tonight, right? I hope he doesn't suck it because you. You have confidence that this man has mastered his art. And he is going to uh, approach it with that integrity. Uh, whereas if you say, I improv, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't, then right. you are really doing a disservice to the art form. It's like, no, sometimes you're not going to be present. Sometimes you're not going to uh, you know, listen to your partners. You're going to fail improv. Fa improv is not going to fail you. Absolutely. It's like, you're, it's like saying you're failing music. It's like, music is there. It's like... <laughs> You might grab, I see a guitar in the corner, you might grab that thing and it'd be out of tune and, and you might not even make a chord work. You right. failed music. Are you lefty? 
I am lefty, yes. Okay, right. Are you lefty? Oh, that's righty, yeah. No, because you did the, you did oh, the yeah, lefty yeah, wise. Yeah. You're like, okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> a friend of mine says, like, if you're, if you're left-handed and you don't know how to play guitar, why don't you learn right-handed? It's like, because I'm lefty. Exactly, right. And you make, but, but that's a huge thing right there. And it's the worst Donald Rumsfeld thing. That The most the interesting Donald Rumsfeld line was, you work with the army that you have. And I've gone, you're a douchebag, but I, d I definitely understand that. Sure. Because, you know, the only source of suffering is non-acceptance. And this is what it is that you are. The guy who has no bottom. Yeah. He can't hope for a bottom. Right. He doesn't have a bottom. This is his thing. So right. Now he, he moved forward with that. Perception. Exactly. Exactly. And you wanting something to be something doesn't mean that you're going to do that something. No. And, and what's interesting is when we teach improvisation, and what I've been doing lately is the idea of teaching intention or wants. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the idea of getting your want is immaterial. The, oh, right. It's the notion of engaging in getting your want. Yes. It's not about getting your want. It's about engaging in the process of getting your want. Right. Which and keeps you present. Yeah, and, and that person is there because. You know, like, I, I like to say, like, why are these two people now? Why are we putting these two people in front of this audience now? It's like, it's a re the relationship they're having or the, how they relate to each other. Right. You know, they have these wants, but it, like I say, it doesn't matter what they get. It's a matter of how they work with this person to obtain whatever they're at that for. moment. Yeah, you do uh, you do UCB stuff too, right? I do. Yeah, I'll do. Well, that's where Desiree plays now, and right. uh, I do ASCAP from time to time. Right. What's the difference to you? And I hardly ever ask questions like this. What's the difference to you between what goes on at UCB in terms of an ASCAP and what goes on at an Armando or something like that? Well, there's definitely different dynamics in in the theaters, and and you know UCB is not shy to say they they play the game in the scene. Right. They hit it hard and they hit it fast. Right. And um, and then you know I always seems to be more relationship based. Gen again, generally speaking, on both ends. Right. Um, and I think that there, like, there's there's room for it all. And knowing when I do ASCAT, I am performing. With that, yes. Like with that in mind, <clears throat> right? Like if I want to, if I want to do a, a slow, patient scene where I don't talk for ten minutes or whatever, that's not going to happen in ASCAP. <laughs> and that that's that's totally fine. They right. move, they move at a different click. Nor is if we do, uh, you know, Das Risky, where we're all, where you know, we stay in one location for the whole time. We're not going to do quick tag outs and taps and. Right. So it's it's knowing the terrain. It's it's like if you're driving on a, a bumpy road, you you know that. Or if you're driving on a flat road, you know that. Right. And I, I say the same thing. Like uh, I haven't done it in a while, but when I do Baby Wants Candy, the musical improv, it's like right. that's another avenue of improvisation. Again, it's the art form encompasses all that stuff, which short form as well. It's like, and there used to be when I first started, it was definitely. Short form versus long form. It's weird, it was, right? It was, there was this this you know thing. It's like I do this and I do that, but it, it, just like religion, as I've gotten older uh, <laughs> and wiser, and more intelligent. No, I used to be. I, I'm so anti everything religion and and, and I don't believe in. Uh, I believe in love, David. Got it. Got um, it. Got uh, it. But uh, I used to. It is probably because of my upbringing. It's like I used to make a point to be outspoken about people's religions and I and it took me a long time to realize like well it's again perspective thing is like I, I don't have to shit in everyone's bed I, uh, <laughs> let, him, let him alone you know this is what I believe you do whatever you want go go crazy just don't force it on me and right I feel the same thing with with these different avenues like if find what you want to pursue and pursue it 
and and love what you pursue. If you don't like this, don't do that. Right. You know? I like I like trying. I, I like running in all those different worlds because it just informs me. It informs me in my work, and and it's also challenging. It, it gets me out of my head a lot. Right. When I do ASCAT, it is. It is, you know, you talk about being present. You are, I, I, I'm a minute before present because this is like, cause you're, you're all, you're ready to, you're, you're always, the gun's always cocked and you're ready to go. Um, and then when I do uh, Das Risa or, or Widas, I, I find that there's so much, it's so much a different mindset mentality. And I remember I sat in with uh, 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 TJ and Dave. Uh, TJ was out one week and uh, uh, this was back when I lived in Chicago, I think, or when I was there this summer. I don't know. The point is, Dave uh, asked me to, to play. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know TJ and Dave. This was early on when they were doing TJ and Dave, but they move very, very slow. Right. And I move pretty slow, like, you know, in shows. But I do know that I made some initiation in the show with Dave. And I just saw in Dave's eyes, like, not a, not a judgment in any way. But it was almost like I kind of flashed him or something because he was just like, <laughs> his eyes were big. He's like, it, it, it had a like what the fuck look on his face, but right. not in judgment. Right. Almost like he, he opened up a box and something jumped out. Well, it was a kinesthetic response. He was yeah, like, yes, I didn't expect that at all. Exactly, exactly. And I remember having a wonderful show with him, but right. I do remember that look and right. going, That's you, awesome. you work with like-minded people. And, right. and I think that... Um, like I said, the, the different shows that I do, the I think I'm I'm I'll go back a, years ago. I was on a team called Lost Yetis. Um, called what? Lost the Lost Yetis, mm -hmm. and it was back when my brother would perform. Mm -hmm. uh, as, it was a long time ago, right? It was a long time. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, oh, no, I, I no, don't. But it I, was. I, it was a long because because your brother hasn't been in the performance picture for a bit, right? No, he, he hasn't. It's been yeah. He's been about ten years. Right. Uh, 11, 12 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we started way back. I know. Uh, you, I remember uh, you, I, and, you and you were in class with me. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, uh, you were my second ever improv teacher. Who was your first? Steven. Oh. That was back. I, I, he's doing okay, right? Is he okay? He's doing okay. Okay. Uh, I got to tell you that, uh, uh, just jumping real quick. Uh, this is the ADD comedy podcast. Yeah, totally. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. When I started, because uh, I'm, I'm from sh the burbs of Chicago. Right. My parents grew up in South and Southwest Side. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and. Moved out there, and I, I was the only one that moved back for a long time. But uh, when I started at Second City Northwest taking classes, I couldn't have fallen into a bigger uh, bee's nest of talent at that time. It's crazy, right? With, with everything that I saw, and it was like somebody just handed me a pack of uh, every kind of drug, and it was like, this is where you can get it. And... <laughs> I look. I'm. A, I, I went to school, and I was going to school when I first started uh, for college computer science. Yeah, uh -huh. uh, right. uh, I could fix your Mac. Uh, what I'm not. Okay. So I'm later. certified. I know. Mac. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, but and I don't say that to Brad because I hate it. Right. I, I know. I'm done. That's yeah. why I've never talked to you. About. That's my left and right brain balance. You right. know, I did my left hand, left brain to do computer stuff, and the right brain to do improv. Anywho. There's a lot of you guys, like Noah Gregoropoulos. I think sure, Noah sure. did the same sort of thing, where he's like yeah. left brain, right brain. I think he was at U.S. Robotics. Like he was, he yeah, was yeah. U.S. Robotics, and and Noah was like number. He was in the the double digits of employee numbers, mm -hmm. and he fell into improvisation. Yeah, and, and then, then he blows your mind open. And then he stopped. Yes, he he stopped at U.S. Robotics, right? Yeah, I heard wow. the story about how he came in with a check to keep a class going. He's like, let's keep this going. And because some people didn't pay, 
And he <laughs> loved it so much. And it shows. It shows 30 years later he's right. still doing it or 20 years or whatever it is. Whatever it is, it's man. It's been a long time. It could be 30 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Why not? It's, okay. it's going on 25 for me. And yeah. Yeah. Well, the annoyance is 25. Yeah. Right? I remember my first uh, annoyance show. Was, uh, I remember you and Stephanie show. coming in when we were doing Quick Wits and rehearsing. Yes, yes you at the Annoyance. At the, at the Annoyance. That huge, God, what a yes. great place. That was wonderful. Right. It was right. heartbreaking when they, but they, they've got a great new space, which is oh my God. a great space. I don't know how new it is. Well, you look at all that stuff, and, 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 and it goes back to that thing about, and we talk about it a lot, the expectations and not knowing what it is that you're doing. And all that you've got to know is I get to keep going forward, keep mm. moving forward with what I'm doing right now. And it's not like it has to look like this. It's like, I'm enjoying this, so I'm going to keep doing it. I'm enjoying this, so I got to keep doing it. Now, you said that you like that, that it's important to play with people who are like minds. You know? Yeah. Right. And I think a big part of that is people don't realize that the only mistake you make in improvisation is casting. It's the, ca it's the people that you have surrounding you. And get oh, rid sure. of those douchebags and embrace the people that you like and look at them and go, that person. I want to play with that person. I want to play with that person. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing is uh, uh, over the year, you know, I've done plenty of group improv. I've, I've done, you know, plenty of ASCATs and plenty of Armandos and all that. And I, I still do those from time to time. But now with my limited time, I do... Das Risky Quartet and Weird Ass, which are right. two and three and four person show, right. respectively. Um, and it's because, excuse me, one, because it's easier to get those people together. Like, quartet with four people, we still, we're doing a three person show tonight because one of our people are out. Right. And, uh, uh, I'll see you there. Oh, fantastic. Are you, you get the show early? Got to show now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You and Carrie? Yeah. Fantastic. You're at 10? We are at 10. Yes. You're at 10. We're at 8.30. Okay. Um, so, so it's better to wrangle, it's easier to wrangle. Well, over the years, I've found like the intensity of working with people with like minds. Right. I've boiled it down. Over the years, I mean, I've, I've just gotten with smaller and smaller groups. I still love the, the, you know, the group basketball game, but I've gotten these smaller groups because that's where I find I can be incredibly indulgent. I, I said that about when we, when we first did Trio years ago, which was me, Rich, and Steph, uh, that this is the best way that I can do this the most. Right. You know what I mean? As right. Our the best way like, that I could do this the most. Yeah. So when you say the best, the most being as uh, how often you can do it, is that what you mean? I mean, it, at a stretch, yes. Right. It's like right. three people on stage for an hour. Right. That's going to give me, you know, that's going to give me, a, uh, I can really submerge myself into that. Right. And then when Steph and I were doing Weird Ass, it was like, that's, it's, it's intense. It's intense. It's an intense chunk of time. And I like that intensity. I like I like being lost for that hour or in the moment for that hour where after you get out of it, you go, what the you fuck tell yourself off and go, wow, that was great. I, I, one of the things that I've been, I've been, for me, a personal adjustment just in terms of my vocabulary is to not say they play slow and to change it with they play mindfully because oh, nobody yeah. plays right, right. You know, yes. like nobody that plays motion. that slow. No, it's not slow motion. It's mindful. It's being present in that yeah. moment. And, and, and the idea of I don't play slow, I'm just aware of what the hell's going on right now, right now, right now, right mm -hmm. now, right now, right now. And I, it's interesting how we use words in order to mean something else. Like the word conflict at the, at the center of every scene. Mm -hmm. It's not 
That's not what it is. It's not that. For me, right. it's not conflict. But we go, okay, it's a shorthand. Well, you know what happens to shorthand? It's, it loses its code. Yeah. And then it just becomes that word. And that word means different things to different people. Clearly. It, even even Steph and I, when we do Word Ash, she's like, uh, um, she'll say uh, game and scene. Right. And it means something completely different than like other people's game and scene. Right. But it's, it's the way that she says it. And so... It's part, some of it is getting into the same, uh, is it nomenclature? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, where, where we're all discussing the same thing. And, you know, if you go through acting classes or, or in my improv class, I work on that for the first four weeks. If it's an eight-week class, the first four weeks is like, we're defining these are the things that we're going to talk about, and this is what they mean. Right. And then the second half is where we build all, we break it all down and build it all up. Right. Uh, and it means different things to different people. Like even object work. I say object work. Some people say space work. And, right. You know, I don't know what it means. Right. If there's a, such a difference. But right. if there is a difference, like the word conflict, you want to explain what that means. To me. Yeah. Yes. And to you. It's, yes. Right. So in this, if you're sitting in this room... For us, for the purposes of this class, right. this is what this means. Right. And uh, you know, going back to that thing with the uh, Lost Yetis, we were a very physical team and rough and tumble and we'd run around and we had our uh, vocabulary for how we would approach a scene. Definitions. Yes, exactly. And uh -huh. the first time I did uh, Armando, mm -hmm. I jumped out like I was in a Yeti show. Right. Doing some crazy physical where I know everyone would come to my, my aid and we would do it. I jumped down there and floundered on the ground while the, everyone else, all wonderful improvisers, just looked at me like, in an, in that way of like, what? How do we? What? What does he want? You know? Uh, and I learned it's like if you, that's where you really can't take for granted. Everyone you play with is a personality. Everyone right. you play with is different, and everyone you play with approaches things different. Right. And it's your job to communicate to your partner. Uh, and to to be reverent because you can't be the same person to play with everybody. You have to be reverent to the person that you're playing with. I think with. it's really, that word reverent is awesome because in order to be reverent, you've got to watch and listen and see what's going on and see what, what respect that person, what, what your relationship is with that person. So you jumping right into that scene mm -hmm. is not you sitting back and saying, what is it that I have? It's you bringing in, this is the way that we work. Right, right. And... And I think it's that, a little in your face in a way. Oh yeah. In, in different. In, it, I mean, there's times when you need it. There's times when you need it in, in your face, and then there's times when it's inappropriate. Right. Or I don't know, inappropriate, well, but not like it's better to like to merge with the person that you're working. You're with. in response to them. You're in totally. response to them. And what's interesting is I've been telling my students this lately: the idea of be eager to respond, don't be eager to talk. Because if I'm eager to respond, I need to listen to what you're t saying so that because I am jumping on every word you're saying and that way we're in collaboration. We're working with each other. Yeah, you know, I, I say that we get really good at saying yes in improvis as improvisers. We'll say, oh, yes, 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 yes. But we don't and anything because we didn't let whatever they said in to have a response. We just go, yeah, yeah, and we just right. jump into it. Right. It's like, well, if you're going to ping pong that back, you better let that shit sink in and then respond to it. I, I say, uh, let your partner's words hit you like a punch in the gut because you can't help but not react to that. Clearly. And, and, and the punch in the gut thing, 
For me, the, the, what, the way that I look at that is the tools that you, the, the muscles that you use when you're first in love with somebody are the muscles that you get to play with every time you improvise. Damn. Like the idea of um, they said my name, they didn't say my name, they moved toward me, they didn't move toward me, they touched me, they didn't touch me, they're talking to somebody else, mm -hmm. they won't stop talking to me. You know, like all those things that when you're in a relationship, the beginning of a relationship, you're like, oh, that's happening, oh, that's happening, that's happening, that's happening. And when they walk in a room, you go, fuck, they're here. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you're, you're external, you're internal about that fuck, they're here-ness of it all. And when we get to celebrate that, and you mentioned something where you and you and, uh, you and and Steph at the beginning of, there was something that you, you used the word positive. And I think that, that when we look at all of these things, we have an opportunity to be positive. Because when yeah. we're negative, and, and I don't mean to say that every scene needs to be happy puppy loves kitty town, but when we're positive coming in going, when we're positive, we get to be in the moment more because we don't have to go into our brains thinking, why am I having this argument and manufacturing it? And when totally. I watch Dasariski or I watch, when I watch Weird Ass, it's so seldom that you guys get into an argument. <laughs> if, if, certainly with Dasariski, if ever, and in the many, many times I've seen you, I don't remember a shouting match or something. I remember people being cool and, you know, but cool but energetic. Well, if we do, because we do have... We'll do. We will have blowups and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But what what we know and, and look, if we if we can get through the day without fighting with somebody, right. that's the scene I want to see on stage. Right? It's it, we don't. For some reason, as improvisers, we have the uh, uh, we we have the gut instinct to repel from our partner, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is exactly opposite of what we're supposed to do because mm -hmm. our partner is the answer. Right? So if we're supposed to make them look good, and the first thing we do is push them away. Then we are we're we're off to a, a bumpy start. Right. And but I, but I do know with good friends you give your good friend shit. Right. You give them a hard time. You right. bust their balls. You know whatever. And my wife and I will have little arguments and stuff like that. And so the, that is part of our reality. It's part of our world. Right. The idea is my wife and I have been married for a long time. And uh, well, if I say a long time, relatively to me, mm -hmm. it's my only marriage. Right. No, I get it. I get it. I was married for 14 years, so I understand oh, yeah. okay. what a long time. But was. the thing is, like, <clears throat> we know uh, that if we're going to have a fight, is like, is this going to be the relationship ending fight? Is right. that what we're going to bring on stage right now? And if it is, then there's so much else there. It's like Keki says, uh, Krikakowski says, uh, uh, if don't just fight because, like, don't just. Pick a reason to fight. That's so easy just to be like, uh, you know, hey, nice shirt. I hate that shirt. Right. You know, like, why? Right. Why is that thing? <laughs> right. it's like, if there's, if there's, right. if you're going to do that, there better be layers underneath it because, because there is a reason to argue with somebody. Right. But it's not, like you said, with when somebody walks in a room and you're in love, you don't say, I love you every time they walk in a room. You go, I, I'm in love. That's, so if you hate somebody when they come in the room, you aren't just gonna lash out at them. You're gonna be like, hi. Yeah. You know, right. there's there's more to it. We don't just run around fighting with people every day. No. That's ridiculous. No, no, no. So we have and to bring you... some sort of reality to that that world if we're if if we're going to behave like human beings on stage. If I'm gonna have a fight with you, if I'm gonna start something at the beginning of a scene, an argument, the only way that I, the, the, the best ingredient, the best recipe for an argument scene is two people have the same emotion. I'm angry and you're angry. Right. Because if I'm angry and you're blissed out, we're not gonna have an argument scene. Right, right. 
So we get to be present with the casting that we put in. I'm the guy that, I'm, I'm the angry guy. Well, you can't be the angry guy. And that part's already been taken. Well, here's, here's what I say to that, because that, that happens, right? It happens a lot when two people come in and they turn on each other. Right. I was like, so there's ways to, 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 to wrangle that. Right. Like, number right. one, you do not have, you could be angry, you don't have to be angry at your partner. Right. There are outside things, traffic, a right. boss, a girlfriend, a, a, you know, a dog bitch, whatever. Right. That's what, one thing you can do. The other thing is, if you're angry and your partner's angry, you can let that anger in and be affected by it. And at some point, for the sake of the scene, you gotta be vulnerable. You gotta be oh, like, yeah, you gotta yeah, be like, yeah. wow, I didn't know you were. I'm angry, but you're obviously angry. But but <laughs> in that way, you're not you're not ha you're not hitching on to the reason that the person's angry. You're hitching to the person being angry. You understand? Yeah, like, yeah. You're not going like, but I told you that nine o'clock we're supposed to be here. Right. You're not you're trying to win the argument. No, no, and that's the ego thing that most people in an in an improv scene say, "I've got to win." Well, you know what? That <laughs> I've I don't exist in that scene. There right. is no I've. There's me, the character, me playing that character. And I, what happens when you win? Right. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> There is no you win. Crush your partner. Is that well? What I tag I yourself at, out? You're done. Say, I need what I need is for the energies to be. I want to watch a horse race, but I don't give a fuck who wins. That's when a good improv scene is. They're neck and neck and neck and neck, and I don't win. One thing I don't want to see is the last day of a relationship. I don't want to see an improv scene. You know why? Because I've done a bunch of improv scenes that are called my life. I watched the last day of my parents' relationship. I watched the last day of my, my relationship with my, my wife. I watched the ends of, of all that. And it's like, I know how this works out. It's, it's sad. It's sad. It's, yeah, they'll be laughing, you know? but they'll be crying. Exactly. And for me, I don't want to go through that. And I don't want to watch it. And it, it requires someone to go, in this moment right now, call your partner on their anger. Just call them on their anger. Mm. Pull yourself out of this spiral because you think you can't, but you can. And any moment that you want to disengage and engage in something else, because it's not just the disengaging, it's the engaging in something else. I'm not oh, going to yeah. disengage from the anger without, I can't do that. I've got to go somewhere else. I do it with my kids all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's distraction. It's like, like I want, I want, I want. Hey, did, uh, my, my son and I have this great a uh, little joke that he's got right now. There's this little girl in his class, and I always ask him, "Did she wear pants today?" <laughs> and and he loves it. He loves. He's three years old, right? But but it works. It he, works he'll for be, me too. He'll go, he'll go crazy. He'll be like, "I want the toy. I want the toy." He's like, "Hey, did Renee wear pants today?" And he just drops it all and smiles, and she. He goes, "No." And I go, "What?" Renee didn't wear pants. No, Renee didn't wear pants. And we're, we're off on a whole, it's, it's the best thing. It's but, the best. He, but kids disengage and re-engage. Yes. And it's that distraction. Yes. And it's so important to, well, it's that surrendering. Letting go of that which no longer serves you. And I think that right. that is huge. Yeah, I, I mean, and you could do that. I mean, there's things, we, we, our personalities, if you've ever been in an argument, where they can just spiral out of control, and you're like, "What are we fighting for?" Right. You know, like, I've lost control of this. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm screaming. And I come from a very emotional family. Are you guys I, Italian? No, Mexican. Mexican, uh, which is oh, which is like Italian, yeah, yeah, but yeah. with more beans. Uh, but 
my mom uh, is Mexican and my dad was uh, German Czechoslovakian. Uh-huh. And so they were two opposite in the spectrum. My dad imploded, my mom exploded. Uh-huh. Uh, so I did everything. I, I was a big bundle of, uh, of, uh, of emotion. Not knowing what to do with, with all that stuff. Uh, my, first, my first relationship was so emotional and dramatic. It was so wonderfully horrible. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know. I was like, I think this is how love's supposed to be. You know, or like, we have to fight. That's what my parents do when they're in love. <laughs> it caused a lot of things. One day, uh, uh, I always credit my buddy. He's, uh, his name's Noel Deneen. He lives in... Uh, um, Noel Deneen? Noel Deneen. Noel Deneen. Uh, Noel Deneen. He lives in... Noel Deneen. Yes, Noel Deneen. Well, I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Because names are so important uh-huh. in improv. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and people used to use Johnson or Simpson, yeah. whatever it's going to be. It's oh, like, exactly. there's nothing going on. But if you say, Mr. Deneen, your ride's here. Exactly. And that's why, uh, you know, it's funny you say Khaki, because he does names like... Oh, he's the best. He's the best. He's the best. Like, he would he went to an improv scene. I watched him call somebody Mr. Shirt. And I'm like, <laughs> did you just call him Mr. Shirt? Is that what you said? Why not? It's, it's, it's like, and, and I don't remember who it was. They went, yeah, can I help you? It's like, yeah, Mr. Shirt. And then uh, somebody came in, and he called them Mr. Poster. And I'm like... Like, really? Anyway, Noel Deneen. Noel Deneen. Yes. Noel Deneen, great friend of mine. Uh, uh, we met and worked together in Chicago, both in computers and on stage. He, mm-hmm. He's an improviser as well. He's been out in New... He moved to New York the same time I moved to uh, Los Angeles, the same weekend. Mm-hmm. We, we went opposite ways. And uh, I hope to see him next time we're going to New York in a couple weeks. I hope to see him out there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we were at the bar at I.O. one night, uh, uh, and I was going through a miserable... Uh, uh, period of relationships, let's just say that. I'll leave it wide open. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said to me, and he's, he's from a whole different world uh, uh, emotionally, and he said to me, he's like, you know, Bob, at some point you got to ask yourself, do you, do you want your life to be a drama or a life? Do you want a life or do you want a drama? Right. And, I was like, and, I, and it really clicked. I was like, huh, I want a life. Right. Uh, but again, I was raised with a drama. And it took, it's still, every now and again, I'll... I'll raise, I mean, I give myself a little bit of leeway because the Mexican side of me does talk with my hands and I get very passionate and talk and my wife's always like, you're yelling. It's like, I'm not yelling, I'm talking loudly because that's what I do. Right. But she's always like, can you bring your voice down? Like, it this infuriates me because like, I'm not even, uh, Oh, I know, I know, and I know, and but, I know, and I know, and I know. But it has taken a lot and it's still, and with kids as a test, is like, I work hard and not overreacting, not being dramatic, right. and not being, and then I can do all that on stage. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. I say, it's, I say, you know, stage should not be therapy, but it is therapeutic. It that is. Makes, it's like well, it's, it's a good massage. Yes, It's yes. really, really cathartic. The idea that you can go, you can get up there and there's no, and I think this is a huge part that I realized, like there's no implications at all. And I know Gelman would keep talking to me about that. Michael Gelman would keep talking talking to me about that. You know, he's like, don't you realize that you could do whatever the fuck you want to do on stage right now? Do you realize right. that? Do you know you could be anybody? You could be happy. The, exactly, you could be happy. You could be sexy. You could be whatever. You could be angry, whatever it's going to be. But you get to do that. And the person that you're playing with, I think it's a, uh, I haven't thought about this in a while, but improvisation is is allowing the other person to take advantage of you. And you oh, yeah. taking advantage of the other person. And that's the core of it all. Well, it's going, manipulation. Exactly. You're, you're, you're like, you can get to play that game right 
like you've never played it before, like to to work somebody and angle them, get you know, get into their heads, right? Boldly, more boldly than we would normally do in our life. Well, because both of us are in agreement that we're here to create something that is better than the both of us. That the both of us at this point can make this thing work because we're deciding. Because I'm going, okay, what, whatever you have, I'm gonna agree with, and I'm not necessarily gonna say yes to it because sometimes when I say no, that means yes. Oh yeah, you say yes, do no, or you say no, do yes. Yes. Or if you say I'm gonna stick a pencil in your eye, you can say no to that. There, like people. Or you can like, say yeah, yeah, go stick a pencil in my eye. Yeah. And then you get to be surprised, like really, you mean what? It's like do come it. On, do if it. This is gonna make do you it. feel better. You <laughs> exactly. do it. You shove that pencil. In exactly. Anyway, whatever, shove right? it in my eye. And and I think that these days, like one of the things that I realized was like, oh right, I can deny the character. I can't deny the actor. Because the yeah, actor yeah. is saying, "Hi, Dave. Um, listen, um, I got. I, um, I, you know, as your doctor, I'm going to tell you I've got the test results." And I could say, "I don't want them," or I could say, which is denying the character, or I could go, "You're not my doctor." And just the thought of saying that, just that thought, talk about a kinesthetic response. I feel like I might have the runs right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And you know what's what's great? What's what's really great about the world of improvisation? How much it has become part of our our world where there's now more of a common vocabulary that everyone, I, like before you say, oh, you do improv, you mean like whose line is it anyway? There's a little bit more, at least I've seen it out here in the last 10 years, it has blown up to where now improv's a thing, where when I first moved out here in 2001, it was not a thing. It was still just on the, the outskirts. Right. It's taken a long while. But now if the, the audience is usually educated enough, if you say you're not my doctor, not only do you get the runs, the audience gets right. Everyone's like, ah, oh, right, right. You know, like there's a common thing. Like you're doing it wrong, you know, or whatever. It's like, like we're on your side to succeed. So succeed, everybody. Right. You're off to the wrong start. Right. And do you know? I mean, when I when I watch watch you guys play, whoever you guys are, um, I'm sitting back, and it's the same thing that you're talking about. I'm getting it right now. Same thing that you're talking about when I go. Okay, because I've seen. I'm very lucky in the in the in the music that I've seen. I've seen Led Zeppelin, I've seen George Harrison, I've seen wow. Cat Stevens, I've seen Jethro Tull, wow. I've seen uh, a, a Joni Mitchell perform live. Like I've seen all these uh, Beach Boys Chicago. I've seen all these shows nice. at the Chicago Stadium, huge shows. And I don't go going. I hope they're good. Right. When I watch you guys, the thing that I come in with is, uh, and and I know that I'm not going to watch you argue. I know that I'm not going to watch you be negative. I know that I'm not going to watch. And if, and if it does get that way, it gets that way. But that's not your foundation. That's not your basis. That's not from where you work. And there's some people that I look at and I go, you got to get off stage. Oh God, why do I keep coming back? I wonder if there's anybody at the bar I could talk to right now. You know what I mean? To look yes, at those people. Yes. It, it, it can be. I mean, that's why I say with the like-mindedness. And there's a lot of people that we can find with like minds that we just want to. It's It's like... It's like you get on the canvas together to create art, right? And so you want to, you want the, you want the possibilities to be there. Right. And I know, like with Stephanie, with the Dasharisky guys, with with uh, uh, the quartet folks, I can go farther and farther out on that limb, and you can make bigger chances, take bigger, bigger chances, bigger. I mean, you can really go out there, and and I've had some wonderful experiences where like it's why I keep doing this it. like it, when you have those moments of just you know in your other podcast that I've listened to joy keeps coming up right it's like I'll even add to that and say bliss right like blissful moments where you sit back and for days you just go 
That was so much fucking fun. And and again, I say it, with with bad shows, you can look at it and dissect it. Like that's when that went wrong. This right. was that. You can. But when good shows happen, when all the everything is set in place and these wonderful things happen, it's it's so hard to explain. It's like I got to explain all these setups and all. Where you just have a good show and you live in it and you're like, this thing at the end happened because this thing in the beginning and all that shit came together and it was so beautiful. And we we did a show uh, with Esrisi the other day and. I'll spare you the details, but the point is, Craig brought something up that Rich had mentioned earlier, and the whole audience was uh, was on board, and they were all like, "Oh shit!" And it was just, and it was wonderful to be a part of that. It was just right. so such a wonderful thing, and when you can set the stage for that possibility, and go into it with this. The possibility is there for anything wonderful, something wonderful to happen, uh, and you and you come off the stage and you're like something wonderful happened. Right. You just go, oh, it's fantastic. It's awesome. Great. Let's end there. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.